This episode is brought to you by Geekade.com, where we create an array of podcasts, articles, and more for everyone, no matter what your geek is. And if you want to help us make even more content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Geekade. Now on with the show. Warning. The following program contains adult language, adult themes, and spoilers. Viewer discretion is advised. Good evening and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. This is episode 180 for the week of October 3rd, 2019. I'm your fill-in host, Chris Randazzo, and joining me tonight, as always, is Karen Randazzo. I'm with the fucking FBI. You certainly are. Evan is currently buried under a pile of appliances, which I'm told he will eventually chew his way out of, but not in time to host the show tonight. We all look forward to hearing about this harrowing tale and its impending dentist bill. But before we go any further, here's your weekly reminder that you can email us at mail at geekade.com. Just include the words this week's episode in the subject line. You can let us know what you think of our show, what topics you would like us to discuss in the future, or just say hello, because we always want to hear from you, the listener. Karen, how are you? I'm all right, sir. How are you? I'm um, doing okay. Doing okay. This, uh, you know, busy day. Got got some stuff done. It's uh, it's our daughter's birthday today, as it you sure well know. It is. She is three today. She is three I, today. I remember it well. I was there. <laughs> all nine pounds and 11 ounces of her. Yes. She was a lot of baby. And now she's a lot of three-year-old. <laughs> oh, Yeah. Enjoying, uh, enjoying the likes of what is it? Um, I was talking to Dean earlier today, and he asked. Uh, he drew a picture of Pikachu, uh, and he asked if Ellie still liked Pikachu. I think he wanted to send it, uh, and I was like, "Yeah, um, she likes Pikachu." And let's see, what what was the list list I gave him? Uh, it was um, uh, do, do, do. Ninja Turtles, yeah, Frozen. Pikachu, Kirby, Shira, Cinderella, Elsa, Ninja Turtles, all sorts of stuff. <laughs> My daughter has wonderful taste. And uh, just we love like her. us. Just like us. Just like us. All right, so let's let's get down to brass tacks here. We are uh talking about this is uh Geekade's 31 Days of Halloween. Um and uh as you for anyone just joining us, if we have any newer listeners, uh Geekade, the website that this podcast is attached to, uh every October does 31 days of Halloween related content, uh, be it talking about uh, the best Halloween candy, spookiest Halloween costumes, uh, or in the case of this podcast, Halloween episodes of TV shows that we enjoy. I was fortunate enough to be the first pick and I picked season two, episode seven of Parks and Recreation, Greg Pickitis. Because Pekitis! Pekitis! because I love Parks and Rec, and everyone should love Parks and Rec. That show is fantastic, and uh, this was <laughs> a pretty good episode. just cracks me up that that's your opinion of the show now, considering how long it took me to get you to watch it in the oh first place. Oh my god, yeah. I was, I'm sure I've told this on the show before, but back when this show started, I hated it, because I was so into The Office. I was just, I was just a mammoth Office fan, and the first season of this show was like... The characters were so one to one. Like this is the Michael Scott character. This is the Dwight character. This is the Jim character. Like it was such a blatant ripoff of The Office, uh, and I just I just had no tolerance for it. And uh, amusingly enough, the guy um, 
the Jim character, who was nowhere near as charismatic charismatic as uh, John Krasinski. What the heck is that guy's Brandanowitz. name? Brandanowitz. Brandanowitz. Yeah, uh, he was one of the the reasons I didn't like the show that, and I didn't I I didn't like Amy Poehler, uh, but because there was something wrong with your brain. <laughs> I just didn't find I like I don't find a lot of Saturday Night Live folks funny. It's I it's, there's something wrong with your brain. It's OK. I mean, it's true. There is something wrong with my brain. Uh, as as most people who know me can attest, I, I do host a podcast about video game music. I am at least partially insane. But uh, yeah, I just I, I couldn't get into it until I did. And it was just this complete 180 with me. And now it's one of my favorite shows ever. Uh, and and I've gone back to this one, this particular well, several times. And I never go back to The Office anymore. I The, the first couple of seasons of The Office, I still think, are, are very good. Um, but so much of The Office is... Uh, problematic. Yeah, it's problematic. It's... Um, it's just not as funny as I as I remember it being. I really liked the concept. I really liked the entire idea of this um, uh, mockumentary style, you know, which was pretty new back when we were getting the office, you know. And the uh, the British one, I think, does hold up a little bit better because of the uh, the, the the main character, the Michael Scott character, as it were. Which now I can't believe I can't remember David his name. Brent. David Brent. The David Brent character is. He's kind of awful, you know, whereas in The Office, they kind of they started that way uh, where Michael Scott was David Brandt, but then kind of evolved into being a very likable guy or, you know, very, very heart in the right place kind of guy. And David Brandt was like, yeah, his heart's kind of in the right place, but he's kind of awful. So, like, that's the joke is that all these awful things he does are because he's kind of awful. Um, and, uh, you know, Dawn and Tim is, you know, near Jim and Pam, but. We're not here talking about the office. We're talking about Parks and Rec <laughs> and how much I, uh, I freaking love this show. And um, this was really my first choice when it came to Halloween episodes. Uh, I just, okay, Parks and Rec. Uh, the, I know there's a good Halloween episode because I was remembering April's party uh, and Greg Pekaitis and and all of that that goodness. So uh, now, Karen, you are the uh, definitely the expert on Parks and Rec here in the room. Uh, so what, what did you what did you think of of going back to this episode, which is a strange thing to ask, seeing as we've recently rewatched this entire show more than once? Yeah, it's kind of like we never really stop rewatching it. It's just, you know, one of these. Uh, well, we're between shows and we can't. We don't feel like deciding anything tonight. Parks and Rec it is. Yeah, it's it's, it's <laughs> comfort Just leave food. it on a loop. And it's like, and we don't even pick an episode. It's just like pick up wherever we left off. Because for me, this is very similar to Law and Order, where it's just like, it doesn't matter what episode you're watching. It's just, you're just watching it. <laughs> <clears throat> so I do like this episode. Um, <clears throat> but rewatching it, I was sort of like, I don't know if I've watched it too many times or whatnot, but like, it's not the funniest episode that, there is of this show no not by a long shot it's it's definitely not one of the series highest points it's also speaking of problematic it is it is kind of slightly difficult to go back to watching uh louis ck in a likable role oh yeah there's definitely that uh that definitely did bother me G gave me a bit of the heebie-jeebies you know there's there's a little bit of that in this show you know where uh um I mean, even uh, even to a degree, Joe Biden, you know, like, yeah, the whole thing of like Amy, you know, uh, Amy Poehler's character, like super coming on to Joe Biden all the time of like unwanted advances. And it's like, yeah, that's kind of what he's known for. So that's not the joke they were going for. But, but yeah, <laughs> oof. 
but yeah, the, um, I, I totally agree. It's not, it's not the funniest episode, but it's, it's got some good moments. It definitely does. Um, it does have, we didn't get enough, I feel like, of April's boyfriend and her boyfriend's boyfriend. <laughs> Those guys always make me laugh. Um, and uh, I think it's an important episode because it, it cements Andy's place in the Parks Department. Like, this is the first time he worked for them. Oh, that's right. Yeah. He was so happy about that, too. <laughs> and it's the first appearance of Burt Macklin, FBI. <laughs> 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 a fantastic recurring character oh my god when the mom is like uh she's like i'm gonna call your boss and i'm gonna call your boss and i don't know who to call about you he's the the president of the united states and she just like doesn't even flinch because obviously she's not really the mom it's just <laughs> that that moment really kills me yeah me too uh, and then the, you know, the genius of Greg Pakaitis hiring, did he hire another mom? <laughs> That's just too funny. Uh, the love triangle thing between Ron, uh, Tom and Wendy. Yeah, Tom and Wendy. That's that's something I I always forget that that's even a thing because it's so bizarre. Um, but you know, this is still pretty early on. And the show is still finding a lot of its footing. Yeah, uh, by the time you, I think that the way they tried to get around Tom being like completely gross about women is that he was is married in the beginning and i think they were trying to use that as like a you know yeah he says yucky stuff about women but he's married so it's okay it's not <laughs> yeah no it, it's it's not and i do like that the show in this episode in particular is a really good good um aspect of that because tom is another thing that i really didn't care for when originally watching this show you know one of the things that turned me off uh, to watching the show in the first place was that I just didn't think Tom was funny. I just thought he was gross uh, and a gross and obnoxious. And this was kind of one of the earliest examples of Tom proving his worth to mm -hmm. an extent, you know, where he made Anne's party a success. And of course, Anne follows it up with, you know, her litany of bad choices when it comes to dating, uh, especially dating Tom, I think is shortly after this because of that, I think after they break, she breaks up with Mark, but I don't remember the exact timeline there, but this is one of the first times, at least that I can remember seeing real redeeming qualities in Tom. Um, and, you know, and eventually he does become a, a lot more of a likable character. And I, I really like that. I like that they treated such an obnoxious turd uh, with with enough uh, intelligence and respect to have him eventually turn into the business person that he turns into and learn learn that he doesn't need to be, you know, that kind of all swagger all the time. And, uh, you know, when he eventually, you know, does Tom's Bistro and uh, falls in love with uh, what's her name? Lucy, I think. Lucy, yeah. Sorry, I apologize for the somewhat losing of my voice. I've been a little bit sick. And uh, I'm getting a tad phlegmy. There's some coughs that I'm hoping Evan will edit out when he eventually chooses his way out of those uh, washing machines or whatever it is he's holding. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I, and back to you. Um, <coughs> yeah, um, I, you, I didn't expect you to throw it to me, and I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do this all the time on Waveback, honey. This is, uh, this is top-notch podcasting right here. Just always forget what you want to say. <laughs> it doesn't help that I'm extremely old um i oh it was the, <laughs> uh i loved that they had Anne's like nurse friends in this episode like <laughs> grilling randanowitz about you know 
uh, or testing his loyalty to Anne, and then he made the joke about how they dropped the ball with Andy, and they were just like, oh, we love Andy! <laughs> that was such a great and original joke to me that, like, you don't really see that a lot, where, um, you know, the show shows you one side of things, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, fr- from everything I've seen in the show, of course, Andy was a bad boyfriend to Anne, but th- it makes you realize there's this whole other world wherein, like, it-, it-, it sells the believability of Andy and Anne to me, like, okay, they could have been a couple at one time. Clearly, her friends liked him, so there must have been something about him at the time that made him a good choice for her. Yeah, you know, he's he, it, it, thinking about it from the uh, perspective of friends and not, like, you know, we saw a lot of them inside the house, you know, mm-hmm. Andy acting like a big baby and stuff. But what they probably saw was, you know, when Andy goes out, when he's, you know, when cute he's fun. and funny and charming. Uh, and so, yeah, that makes a that makes a ton of sense. I also like that we, we don't really see those characters very often. No, in fact, I don't know if we see them again. <laughs> I don't think so either. <laughs> Oh yeah, but the, the I I love the you know the joke of um there's this show is so good at the throwaway jokes like the really s- small things that just kind of go by real quick like um uh the you know the the, the cut about uh, nurses dressing up like nurses for Halloween or doctors dressing up like doctors and you know uh they say oh, somebody did that and then it pans over and there's all of her friends just in their <laughs> nurses scrubs and of course to, um um jeez uh. Ron, uh, looking at the other pirate costume and just being like, you know, all the respect in the world for this other this other pirate costume. Like, this was early days when they hadn't really figured out Ron Swanson because I feel like later later Ron Swanson would not have worn a costume. And if in if anything, it would have just been like that one costume. This is my pirate costume. I think they actually bring that back in a later season too. Like, yeah, this I, is my pirate costume because I feel like I. There's a later Halloween episode where I see him. He's at Anne's party again, and he's just fixing stuff in her house. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. I have a, a, a specific memory of him wearing that costume, but being in a Home Depot and the guy coming over and him being like, I know more than you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good episode. I should have picked that one. <laughs> but, you know, then we would have missed out on the titular Greg Pekaitis. Yeah. So which, let's oh. talk about Greg Pekaitis. Let's talk about Greg Pekaitis. Why, why don't you kick us off? Um, Greg, I love that Leslie is such a like sweet and nice person that like her nemesis is like this 15 year old asshole. It's like the because who else would there is no one else in the world who would be mean to to Leslie. And this kid is so he is such a piece of trash. I hate this kid so much. And like I was. I, I kind of bought into it. I remember the first time seeing it, I kind of bought into it. Like maybe he didn't actually do it. Like may, maybe he didn't. And then like, boy, you got to admire just this, not just the dedication of the character, but the writers figuring out the dedication of the character to hide in a trash can and then sneak out and do the whole thing with the peach pit. And man, Andy's Andy's uh, reaction to him a lot of the time. You're like, Oh, he's a genius is uh is very funny and also when he makes Andy cry like I'm not crying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> another thing that that Greg Pakitis does really well is sort of like every once in a while the show will show you this like this sweet relationship between Leslie and Andy. And you don't see it a lot cuz they don't throw those two characters together a lot, but like 
he's the one who like picks her back up and is like, no, it's okay. Like you, you know, you're awesome and you gave me a job and you like see the best in people. And it's just, it's just nice to, to see Andy in that role being a good friend to Leslie and not just like, oh, Andy is like this, this sad puppy, like this, silly happy ridiculous puppy that we have to like help because he's a helpless you know he's not an adult he's not one-dimensional which is i it's the exact opposite of where i think the office went and no no characters on this show with the exception of the townspeople none of the main characters on this show are Mm one-dimensional as much as they might seem like caricatures like you know andy is a, a goofball and a cartoon character a lot of the time but they also have they, they're smart enough to treat those characters with the extra added uh, respect of giving them more, like making them people uh, as, as outlandish and goofy as they, as they all essentially are. And, you know, the comparison to the office is that like, you know, by the end of that show, we were getting like a bunch of extra creed and like that never creed worked because he was used so sparingly. He was just this weird dude in the background. And then like, they just started, you know, picking that scab over and over and over again. And it just was, it kind of became gross because they didn't give those characters, um, they didn't make those characters very endearing. They just made them, you know, one note, uh, you know, side characters. And that's just not fun or, or funny to me. Not anymore. But that's enough office bashing. And uh, I think that pretty much sums it up. You got any final thoughts on this episode before we kick it to the break? Bacchitis! Bacchitis! All right, this was a. I, I'm I'm happy with my pick. Um, I'm uh, happy with your pick too. I like this one. Thank you very much, Karen. I'm I'm glad you are. I was afraid I was stealing your thunder because I, I was between this and one the one other uh, thing, and I was just like, nah. I just I like Parks and Rec too much, so so let's do this. Uh, Evan, what did you think of my pick? Oh, Chris, I think you did a wonderful pick, and I hate washing machines, and you're a great host, and I love you. Thanks, Evan. That was very nice of you. Okay, we're gonna kick it to a break. We're gonna do a a quick commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about all of the things that happened in the news this week, which isn't that much. Uh, and my voice box is very appreciative of that. So you are listening to this week's episode from geekade.com. Please stick around. Are you enjoying the podcast you're listening to right now? Of course you are. But did you know that it's just one part of an entire network of geek-related goodness? Geekade.com is your one-stop shop for fresh original content no matter what your geek is. Each week you'll find articles and podcasts about comic books, horror movies, X-Men, music, video games, music in video games, Transformers, anime, TV shows, tabletop gaming, wrestling, beer, and more. And hey, if you want to help us create even more original content, please consider supporting us on Patreon. That's available at patreon.com slash geekade. What's your geek? Hey guys, Vestlord Dean DeFalco here to tell you that we have a Twitch. Uh, yeah, Geekade has a Twitch, and we are streaming at least once a week. Uh, every Thursday, we are on from 6 to 11. That's five solid hours of me failing at whatever game is uh, going on that week. You want to see me cry? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me achieve a massive victory? Twitch.tv slash Geekade. You want to see me eat food, mukbang right there? Twitch.tv 
slash Geekade. Guys, check it out. It's a lot of fun. We got emoticons. Uh, we got sub badges. We got all sorts of stuff going on over there. And if you just want to pop in, say hi, give us a follow. You know we really do appreciate it. Trying to uh, spread the love, trying to spread Vestlore Global to a house near you. Maybe even your house. So guys, pop in, say hello, and we'll catch you next time on twitch.tv slash geekade. See you then, guys. Stay Vestly. Keep playing games. Geekade is looking for some partners. If you have something you'd like to advertise on any of our podcasts, our powerful overlords are ready to talk to you. Send your proposal to mail at geekade.com with the words podcast ads in the subject line, and our diligent army of trained ants will put you in touch with the head of our advertising department. With a weekly audience that reaches well into the dozens, Geekade is the perfect place to get your ads into the ears of the right people. Once again, that's mail at geekade.com. Send your ad in today. And we're back. Thank you very much for listening to our commercials and uh, helping us pay the bills, as it were. Uh, We don't have bills and we don't have any money. But we do have news stories to talk about, so let's get to work. First, this news story is not much of a news story, but it is very adorable. Uh, This comes to us via comicbook.com. Yeah, that's a website. And it's got lots of pop-up ads. Thanks, comicbook.com. Watch Stone Cold Steve Austin responds to Kristen Bell about the good places running joke about him. Karen, break this down for us. It was just a cute little thing. Uh, Steve Austin was on something. Uh, He he was on something on USA. And uh, he he had heard about the running joke on the good place that uh, there are two there are only two people that Eleanor has ever been in love with, Stone Cold Steve Austin and a guy she she mistook in a dark club for Stone Cold Steve Austin. And uh, so he just recorded a little video that got tweeted out um, and said that he thinks she's awesome and... Referred to as a, or as a snack, if I remember. Yes. You have great taste, and I must add, you are a legit snack, and that's the bottom line, because I said so, which is, I assume, a Steve Austin thing. I don't yes, know. that is his tagline, and that's the <laughs> bottom line, because Stone Cold said so. I know this from video games. I do not like wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he also called her, called her Eleanor Shell Strong, which is also very cute. So, <laughs> kind of a nothing story, just adorable on a little publicity for The Good Place, which came back last week. Right, and any excuse to talk about The Good Place is a good excuse. I'm actually making a Good Place cross-stitch right now, and it says, Holy Motherfucking Short... Holy holy Motherfucking Shirt Falls. (laughs) (laughs) I would not be allowed to be in The Good Place. I was just going to say, if it said that first thing, you've got some backstitching to do. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha! Stitching humor. All right, (laughs) moving on. (laughs) If anyone is listening and they do cross-stitch, he means frogging. Sure, that too. <laughs> Frogging, backstitching, uh, you know, tubul- tubulizing, flittle hopping. I mean, I-, I know all the lingo. I I got this. And for everyone else in the world, just don't even worry about it, man. It's cool, Evan. You can just edit that out and make me sound smart. Meanwhile, over on Deadline.com, uh, Marvel's Ghost Rider live action series not going forward at Hulu. It seems like just yesterday that we were talking about uh, Gabriel Mara, uh, Gabriel Luna, um, he's, uh, his, uh, Ghost Rider character coming back in an unrelated Ghost Rider show. Um, this is kind of a bummer because, uh, I really liked him as, um, 
as Ghost Rider, uh, that particular flavor of Ghost Rider. Anyway, I thought he he acted the part very well. He certainly looked the part uh, in in you know the, the the jacket and the special effects were really good on him. Um, so yeah, this is kind of a bummer that this isn't moving forward, uh, especially for him. But you know, I guess I kind of understand it. There is there 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 is a ceiling to this stuff. There's an awful lot of uh, Marvel stuff heading to TV right now. So what yeah. are your impressions on this? Um, I mean, I did think he was good on S.H.I.E.L.D. as Ghost Rider, but I'm not, like, particularly attached to Ghost Rider, so, eh? eh? Um, but you're right. I mean, so somebody, so the line has to be somewhere, and I don't know who was asking for this Ghost Rider show, so... I don't either. I think that there's, uh, I think that there's definitely a market for it. Ghost Rider is one of those characters that has a following, and this newer Ghost Rider, uh, the one that they adapted for Agents of Shield, the Robbie Ray's version, uh, definitely gained some traction. It's a different take on the character with a car instead of a motorcycle, um, but it's a, you know, it was it was an opportunity for a, uh, you know, person of color led superhero TV show with a very interesting uh, backstory, like the. The whole mythology of Ghost Rider, especially the way they hit on it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, implying that uh, the uh, motorcycle driving Ghost Rider was indeed a thing. And uh, I think that they handled that pretty well. And uh, if they could continue that level of visual effects on him uh, and just make a, a show about that, uh, it would have been really, really awesome to see. Um, but, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, we'll see where it goes from here. I'm sure Marvel's not done with the Ghost Rider character yet. I can agree with that. Yeah, Marvel's not done with anything yet. <laughs> We're going to get a show based on everything, and I'm okay with that because I love comic books. Let's see. Moving on, what is next? What is next? This is oh, this is about BBC. This comes to us from deadline.com. BBC Studios cuts median gender pay gap to 10.3%. Karen, what the heck does that mean? Uh it means that BBC is paying women more. Um on average than other places basically i certainly hope so considering that uh you know the the star of doctor who is currently a woman yeah though i'm sure that didn't hurt this whole situation so previously um the last year the pay gap between men and women uh at bbc was 14.1 percent now it's at 10.3 percent and the mean pay gap Okay, so if you like statistics, the median pay gap was from, went from 14.1 to 10.3, and the mean pay gap went from 19.6 to 17.6. Um, they are on a mission to uh, to like fix the pay gap and um, and have like equal representation, and they did a lot of this by uh, increasing female representation in top management roles with women mm. making up 52.1 of the organization's leaders, which is uh, about consistent with the gender uh, difference on earth in general. <laughs> <laughs> it is slightly more women than men when you don't factor in uh, trans people and um, agender people and, non-binary people which obviously you should do but i think that makes up a smaller contingent of the population 
So for, anyway, good for BBC for doing all of that. Yeah, keep uh, keep on keeping on, BBC America, and bring us more Doctor Who, because I miss it. Uh-huh. I mean, really. Yeah, seriously. Well, it's this year, right? 2020? This that's isn't not, 2020. That's, this is not 2020. <laughs> it's getting there, right? It's it's October. It's the end of the year now. It's so over. if anybody wants to get Chris a gift, he could use a calendar. <clears throat> I have several calendars. Thank you very much. <laughs> they're really helping you. <laughs> they're doing a bang up job. I've got I, real... Maybe it's because they're all video game calendars from the freaking early 90s. <laughs> hey, they're still good. Okay. And they're beautiful. And I love them. Nobody understands them the way I do. Sticking with Deadline.com, the source of lots of news for us this week, a Smallville star tells Warner Brothers TV to take a flying leap. <laughs> and we talked about this last week uh, with uh, the reason why the guy who played Lex on Smallville, whose name is Michael, Michael Rosenbaum, Rosenbaum uh, didn't end up working on the Crisis on Infinite Earths. But buried deep in this article is the information that Linda Carter may be returning as Wonder Woman in that special, which was previously unknown information, which is exciting to me. That is really freaking cool. I'm very curious to see exactly where sh- what she's playing, because I assume it's not just the president and that universe, right? Right. I assume she's going to come back as something else. And I'm also really, really curious to see what they do with Burt Ward. Because he's not fitting in that outfit anymore, right? No, no, he's not. That 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 was. We wonder he is not. Yeah, I mean that was a bad idea even back then. Even though I was a huge fan of Robin when I was a kid, he was my favorite. But uh, that's so cute. Oh, I would. I loved Batman sixty six. I that's that's a show you got to do on here one of these days. Like, I was I was. I mean, that was my Batman. I that's the that's the Batman that I grew up with, and it wasn't until. You know, up until Batman '89 with a uh, with with Michael Keaton, and then eventually Batman the Animated Series. I didn't really th- ever think of Batman as a dark hero. You know, like that was just this complete 180 turn for me because for me, Batman was always camp. It was always you know, pow and smack and Robin and ridiculous outfits and dancing and you know, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. So this whole thing is just so fascinating to me, and I know. I mean, I like DC TV from CW. I really do. But I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around this, all of these characters working well together. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. I'm kind of curious how it's going to, how it's going to strike me since I am like not familiar with all these different iterations. So I'm going to be like, it's Superman and also Superman and a different Superman. I'm like, I don't know anything about any of them, so. Yeah, I really hope that, I mean, they're obviously doing all this, you know, multiverse stuff, which, you know, the the Flash has been futzing with since the early days. Um, and I do find it very interesting that they're, like, this is, this is so, um, God, what's the word? I'm losing the word. I don't have the word for it. Ambitious, that's it. This is obscenely ambitious, and we've seen them... We've seen them screw these things up before. Oh, thanks, phone. I got an email. I wonder what it is. I'm sure it's very important to talk about on the show. Uh, we've seen them, the, the CW, kind of fumble with these things a bit, you know? And this is a lot of characters and a lot of universes coming together for what can't be very much screen time for anybody. And, you know, we're pulling in, we're pulling in references to all kinds of stuff. 
So I don't know if they're going to be really introducing these characters or if they're just going to like if this is going to be all fan servicey and not very inviting to people who don't know about this stuff. I I really don't know, but I'm very interested to see it and I'm very interested to see how it holds up to to us not having seen any of these shows for a couple of seasons now. So mm-hmm. should be interesting. What else is interesting is Netflix. Come on, you can do it. All right, Variety.com. Sorry, I was talking to my uh, my my poor computer, my poor slow internet. Uh, John Malkovich, Ben Schwartz, among seven cast in Netflix Space Force series alongside Steve Carell. I forgot this was a thing uh, that yeah. they're doing this whole Space Force they show. They announced it, and then it like just no nobody heard anything about it. Yeah, this is supposed to be like a goof on the actual space force that our uh, our our lovely president wants to to form, right? Yes. So, uh, what's uh, what what can you tell me about this? What is this? Well, this is uh, very detailed. Um, There's seven new cast members, like it said in the headline, um, and it details what role all of them will have their character name a little bit about how they relate to each other um malkovich is like a scientist and (laughs) ben schwartz is a self-centered media consultant which is you know pretty perfect for him (laughs) um and then somebody is playing um what's his face as malkovich's character's daughter who's also involved in the space force somehow so, uh, I don't know if you're interested in this show and you want to know more about who the characters are and what they're going to be doing, then you should dive into this article. Yes. You can check it out in the show notes. Uh, there will be a link there. This is a, uh, a pretty, pretty interesting looking cast. And, uh, it's another original IP from, um, uh, Netflix, which I think has been just doing a bang up job with this kind of stuff. So yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. Should be interesting. John Malkovich is always, at the very least, an interesting watch. He sure is. Uh, But speaking of Netflix, uh, we finally got a trailer for BoJack Horseman Season 6, which does just seem to do the thing of uh, following up on all the stuff that happened in Season 5. BoJack is in in rehab. Uh, But uh, the the big reveal at the end of this was that uh, it's the last season. It is coming to an end. Uh, which, as far as I know, we didn't know that before. Uh, and that's kind of a bummer to me, but it's also not because it's been going on for six seasons, and that's a pretty good length of time for a show to go on before getting stale. Um, I'm always happy to see shows end, not necessarily get uh, canceled, but, you know, end uh, and, and go out on their own terms rather than drag on and on and on. Uh, and stop being funny like The Office. <laughs> Boy, you're really on a tear about The Office. This <laughs> is really like the, it's The Office trash cast. Oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I I love this show. I started to rewatch earlier today. Um, uh, which has been you know it's it's been fun. Uh, going going back to the beginning and hearing the subtle differences in the way the actors do the voices for the characters. I feel like that changed a lot toward the end of the show. Uh, like as the show found its footing, you know, like the, the, the actors were doing fewer, I guess, voices and more just, you know, acting them as characters, which is, uh, which is kind of cool. Um, and I, I really like this show. I really do. 
Uh, and I'm like I said, I'm going to be sad to see it gone, but I'm also glad that it's you know short enough that it can be something that I can rewatch uh, from time to time without it being like, oh man, this is like 35 seasons. I guess we'll just watch this forever because it is so linear. You know, it 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 uh it definitely follows a very clear through line, and it's extraordinarily screwed up and very poignant from time to time. You know, we we talked about it on the show when I pulled up that episode, and I'll probably pull another one of those episodes one of these days. I assume you don't have a lot of thoughts on this. No, as I said to you off the air earlier, I think this is a show I'm going to end up watching one of these days because just everybody loves it so much. And it it does deal with things that are very close to my heart, like mental health issues. So, yeah. And and obviously I like, you know, the peop, peop, a lot of people that are involved in it. So eventually one day I will, in all my copious spare time, check this show out. Yeah, it's weird because generally speaking, I don't find Will Arnett to be very entertaining. Like, I can't think of a single role that I genuinely like Will Arnett in besides this. But, you know, he plays Bojack magnificently. Uh, so, ah, geez, just watching the season one stuff earlier today with uh, um, J.K. Simmons and uh, uh, Patton Oswalt and uh, of course Allison Brie is all over this and, and she's pretty fantastic which I mean I remember I really liked her on a uh, community but uh, after Glow it's just like okay I'm officially a fan of this woman and her work she's she's really fantastic so good times good times gotta miss that show okay this is uh, comes from t- come from <laughs> hi I host podcasts it's fun this comes to us from Tor.com. That's T-O-R.com. And there's a cute little spaceship next to it. Uh, I don't know what this website is, but it's got news on it. And the It's news... a science fiction publisher. Oh, spiffy. Uh, well, this says that Brandon, Brandon, Brandon Routh finally revealed as the Kingdom Come Superman in stunning pick from Crisis on Infinite Earths. And uh, yeah, I'm sure there's words here, but really all I cared about was seeing the picture of Brandon Routh all uh, done up as Kingdom Come Superman. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he looks the part, you know, it's, uh, you know, maybe a tad young for Kingdom Come Superman, but, uh, you know, I'll take it. What's the deal with Kingdom Come Superman? Oh God. All right. I read Kingdom Come a long time ago. It's, <laughs> I'm sorry, um, to our audience for being such a vastly underinformed person. All right. Yeah. That, that's okay. This isn't. That's the thing about this. This isn't really common knowledge, you know. They never touched on this in any of the movies. There was an animated one, I think, at some point. This was, um, yeah, this is one of the earlier things I think that Alex Ross, the artist, was known for. It was very, very painted style, uh, like super, you know, super realistic paintings for a lot of the artwork. Uh, if I remember correctly, Kingdom Come centered a lot around essentially the Justice League characters, uh, but much older. And I don't remember much of the story because I just remember. I mean, I I know I read it but I couldn't tell you what the damn story was other than, you know, Superman's old and he doesn't look as old as everyone else. Cause he's a Kryptonian and you know, all the Superman powers and whatnot. But really what this, uh, what the, what this itch is scratching for me is like Brandon Routh was a great Superman. I, I don't love that movie. I love a lot about that movie. I, you know, Superman returns was a, a deeply flawed movie, especially after it came out that, that little kid was Superman's kid or Superman and Lois's kid. And it made a lot of mistakes. And, um, you know, the director is, uh, uh, what is, um, Oh geez. What the heck's that guy? Brian Singer. Not a, not a great dude, you know? Um, which is a real bummer because I really loved the, his original X-Men movies as well. But, uh, 
end of the day, Brandon Routh was just magical casting for uh, for Superman. I think he channeled everything Christopher Reeve did in exactly the right ways. And I'm not a huge fan of the Reeve Superman either, but boy, they they did a lot right with that. And I think he really got the shaft on a great career as Superman. And I'm sure he's great as the Adam on uh, the the CW shows that we don't watch, but uh, him, his, his, him as Superman was wonderful. And I'm glad he gets to be Superman again, because uh, it's probably one of the most iconic characters in all of fiction. And uh, the dude deserves it because he was a darn good Superman. And all I can say about this picture is, Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, he's a. He looks good. He, and that that little salt and pepper on the sides of his hair is not hurting anything. Yeah, no, and that and that's that's you know that's it. Come, Kingdom Come, Superman. See, that's this is the uh, Alex Ross artwork. You probably can't see that too well from where you're sitting. Not but. really, no. But it I can, from from the sort of just general look of it you know the logo is right the hair is right the outfit is right but you can kind of see what i mean by like he's a little older looking in this you know Mm -hmm. brandon ralph still looks pretty young but uh you know it it works (laughs) i'll I'll take it i think it's I, i think it's fantastic this is one of the things i'm most looking forward to seeing on there especially because I do dig uh you know brandon ralph's adam adam character on there and I'm sure that Adam and this Superman are going to meet, and I feel feel like that's going to be a very fun dorky moment for him. So, because <laughs> uh, he he does dorky quite well. He does. He's a he's a good dork. All right, let's see. Uh, over on DailyNews.com, uh, New York DailyNews.com, uh, Superstore actress Linda Porter dead at 86. Um. That is a shame, and I have no idea who this is. Yeah, I don't really either. I put this in here for Evan. I know he likes Superstore. Uh, it's a shame. Uh, the cast and people who worked with her seem to have lots of nice things to say about her, so it's a shame that she's gone, but it's kind of awesome that she got to do uh, this role. In her decades-long career, Porter appeared in dozens of series from ER and Gilmore Girls to How I Met Your Mother and Twin Peaks The Return. Uh, I feel she like, twins? <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need to like look up her Gilmore Girls part because like, I feel like I would know how, who she is. Same here. She's looking like vaguely familiar now that I'm seeing her face, and I can't place her from Gilmore Girls, but... Well. Sad news. Uh... But on we on we go. Um, this comes to us from Deadline, and it's being billed as news. But I was pretty sure we already knew this. But hey, Stranger Things renewed for season four by Netflix as creators of the Duffer Brothers Inc. mega overall deal. And I think that's what the news here is: is their their overall mega deal with uh, Netflix. Uh, Lots I, of money for the the Duffer Brothers, which I will not complain about. Same here. Stranger Things has been so consistently high quality. Uh, I would love to see what else they have in their bag of tricks. I want to see where else they go with things. Uh, but and, and I hope it's more original properties because I feel like it's it, it's a, a common thing for uh, folks like this to be like, okay, well, we've done our original thing and we've always wanted to do a remake of this uh, next. And I, I would like to see uh, more original stuff from them. But honestly, I'll watch whatever they're I'll I'll watch whatever they're they're serving up. Um, 
I do think it's weird that they're announcing this, like, you know, season four is a, you know, a thing that's been renewed when I was pretty sure we knew four and five were happening, right? That was it, you know, season four and then season five, and then it's over, but... No, it was just season four. Just season four. Sorry, I was, you know, confusing things. We knew that around season two, that three and four were going to be the way it ends. And again, super happy about that. Shows should have endings. This is a show that deserves a good ending, and I have no doubt in my mind that it's going to get one. Uh, what about you? What would you like to see the Duffers hit up next? Oh, God, I don't know. Just anything they want to do, really. I mean, they uh, give them license to pretty much do anything. And, and this is one of the few like newer shows now that um, that is like original, isn't a reboot. I mean, it's nostalgic for the 80s, but the story is original. Yeah, it's like if you stripped the 80s nostalgia away from the show, it would lose something, but it wouldn't lose everything. It would still be a very cool science fiction story. Um, yeah, uh, and this uh, also is confirming that season four will not be set in Hawkins. And I think there was some chicanery about maybe like that means that Hopper isn't dead, but I don't know why people think that. I mean, I know why I think that, and... <laughs> What there are definitely reasons. Yeah, I mean, you know, we didn't see a body. There was an American in a cage. I mean, it seems likely that Hopper isn't dead. Yeah, uh, and so saying that the show won't be in Hawkins makes it that much more likely that it'll be at least partially in Russia where this American who could be Hopper is. Like, it's just a lot of... <laughs> a lot of nothing. <laughs> yeah, big fat bag of nothing. Um, but an exciting bag of nothing, non- nonetheless. I am yeah. excited to see where this bag of nothing takes us and to find the something in the bag of nothing. Uh, and I'm going to stop messing with that metaphor and move um, on. Linda Porter played the owner of Weston's Bakery and previous owner of the Dragonfly Inn before Lorelai and Suki oh. bought it. Yeah, so I there's that little tidbit of linda porter knowledge brought to you by this week's episode <laughs> okay our last news story uh it was light week in news and that is okay by us because we're all old and tired so the season 23 trailer for the doctor who the collection very fine looking blu-ray sets uh <laughs> dropped and i watched this whole thing and was confused yes <laughs> well as you would be if you had never seen season 23 of classic Doctor Who. Yeah, I have not seen... I don't think I've seen any of this guy's episodes. Um, because I think you told me not to. <laughs> yeah, and now that I'm seeing... Well, now that I'm seeing this trailer, I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. Because I forgot that this exists. They did this whole season-long thing that was called Trial of a Time Lord. Where the the Doctor was on trial in uh, Gallifrey. He, he is Lord President. So they've done this. They did wow. that in the recent seasons of Doctor Who, and they've done it before. Huh. Every once in a while, he just gets to be Lord President of Gallifrey, but they were putting him on trial, and it would <laughs> turned out to be a whole like. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just picturing. I'm just picturing like, and you are now Lord President of Gallifrey. Have fun, like just this <laughs> arbitrary thing. Just every now and then, he gets to be president. Well, like that, that's basically how they did it when he was President of Earth. <laughs> that's true um so the now i'm like flashing back i haven't seen these episodes in like over 20 years 25 years maybe 30 years i don't know but um 
it's <laughs> people in retrospect like Colin Baker a lot more than they did maybe necessarily while he was playing the doctor. He played the sixth doctor. The sixth doctor was very arrogant. He was kind of mean. He wasn't that likable. Uh, Not and, very stylish. And a lot of people were put off by the by the costume. Um, but the stories, now that this uh, trailer has refreshed my memory for them, were actually kind of good. And the pieces of acting that you get to see in this trailer also didn't suck. So, you know, I think that this is a season that might be worth revisiting, especially on the face of... Um, his support in recent years of the reboot of doing big finish uh, productions of going back to the character and just being super supportive of the show. It's like, you know, maybe this guy got a bad rap and maybe we, we should go back and check out some of this stuff. Cause uh, it looks kind of interesting. It looks kind of fun. It looks like, you know, there, there's some stuff there. Yeah. I mean, it does certainly, I mean, it was confusing, but it does certainly look interesting. Now, these uh these the 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 collection sets um i want to say that these are kind of like the star trek the next generation uh sets that they did where they actually redid some of the visual effects am i crazy in thinking that i mean i don't have confirmation of that but that sounds possible because the effects certainly yeah. needed to be redone <laughs> cuz i mean i'm looking at this spaceship shot like mm -hmm. that doesn't look like doctor who uh, that, level of quality yeah it doesn't look like the, the the budget that's being attached to a lot of the rest of this and i i, I thought it was really cool in next generation when they did that and um i guess that that that's kind of what they're, they're doing with some of these sets and it's nice to see them releasing these um it is kind of weird that they're just doing these sporadic seasons and they're just like all right now we're doing this season you know they're not going in any kind of particular order which you know to an extent makes some sense because of the uh you know, the older series and the, the condition that they're in and the missing episodes and all that jazz. But um, it is neat seeing, uh, I don't know, it's it's neat. And as somebody who's really interested in the mythology of Doctor Who, uh, this is something that I would be interested in maybe watching one of these days because it looks like my kind of crazy. Well, as you know, we do have uh, access to all of this classic Who, so maybe... We certainly do, although I would like to very particularly watch these remastered ones. Um, I know there's not a lot of remastering to be done, because a lot of these were shot on video instead of on film, so like they're always only going to look you know, this good. Like There's only so much you can do to, to that, but uh, it is nice seeing them cleaned up like this. Um, and uh <laughs> i'm watching some of the effects and as you're saying like so they did redid some of the effects like you, you can definitely see that but then there was like that <laughs> bit where he's holding his head and there's the rainbow light on it and it's just like wow yeah that's <laughs> that happened pretty special that. yeah that one right there yeah <laughs> but then it's followed up by this like cg shot of the tardis uh what what yeah what year was this when when did this air uh, um, sometime in the 90s, mid, early, mid 90s. Okay. I was going to say this looks very 90s. This looks, uh, this looks not that far behind what Next Gen was, was, was pumping out at that time. These box sets are gorgeous too. Aren't they? They are, are really nice really, things to own. Really, really nice. I've seen, you know, four or five of them and they're just like, man, really, really, 
they did a very nice job with the packaging of these things. And I'm glad to see that this show is getting this kind of attention. Um, just because I feel like for the longest time it was it was the 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 releases for the old series were all very low rent, you know, like they oh, were doing yeah. those those DVD releases just a couple episodes at a time and and throw them in these box sets that were way too expensive and they weren't really giving them you know, the, uh, proper restoration and proper treatment. And it's nice to see uh, this show getting the, the props that it deserves, even if it's you know that's the original series and there's not as much of a I guess a much of a market for that as, you know, the people who are into modern who aren't necessarily into old who, but it is nice that there's this connective tissue uh, and that they can put these sets together because yeesh, they're really nice. And it's just good to have them all as, as properly preserved as they can be. And hopefully they get around to, you know, finishing doing their um, silly animated versions for all the missing episodes or, you know, whatever they can get together. And, uh, really get it all eventually released would be very very nice so that seems to be about all we have do you have any final thoughts i really don't me neither uh so i think it's time for us to wrap this up now uh I will give you my usual spiel, which is that you can get in touch with us at malikgeekade.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook at Geekade, find us on Instagram at Geekade, subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade, or follow this show specifically at Twepcast. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I'm at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S, and Karen, where can people find you? Shoot underscore the underscore moon. Uh, and Evan, if anyone wants to try and, you know, find Evan where you can't actually talk to him, uh, is at geekade underscore Evan, because he's never on Twitter. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed here tonight, be sure to check out our show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher. Or if you're super nice, you can leave us a review, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com for more fresh original content. Uh, and also, speaking of geekade.com, one last plug we are in the midst of geekade's 31 days of halloween it's 31 days of halloween related content uh you can check it out at geekade.com follow all our uh, social media stuff and see all the updates uh a article went up earlier today that had stuff that me and karen wrote uh, about our first horror movie experiences and it was all very very fun to be a part of uh and in the interest of shameless self-promotion uh, I have, uh, you know, other things that I do on the site. If you enjoy me on this show and you don't know the other things that I do, I host the Stonish Gamer podcast about video games and I host Waveback, which is, uh, about, uh, video game music. And I have a YouTube channel that does even crazier stuff with video game music. Uh, and also in the interest of shameless self-promotion, uh, Karen does wonderful uh, stitching stuff. So you, you want to give a quick, uh, shout out to your stitching stuff? Sure. Why not? Uh, you can check out all of my, uh, various geeky cross stitch stuff uh just search shoot the moon stitches uh i'm on twitter i'm on instagram i'm on facebook i'm on etsy uh and all of those is some variation on either shoot the moon stitches or stms or stm stitches it's all cool stuff, and it's what she's usually doing while we're recording this show <laughs> so it's directly related to this content all right, so speaking of content, uh, Evan is not here, uh, so he can't tell us what next week's episode is. But as soon as we know, we will throw it up on our Twitter page. And when I say throw it up, I don't mean we will vomit it. We will actually type it on Twitter because we cannot barf on the internet. And uh, when he says we, he means me because I run that shit. That is true. She does. <laughs> she runs it like a boss.
Hey gang, sorry I couldn't make it this week, but I figured I'd, at the end here I'd chime in with the homework for next week. And seeing as it's Halloween, we're going to watch an anthology series from sci-fi called Channel Zero. It's something I've heard a bit about and I'm really interested in checking it out. So the homework is Channel Zero Season 1, Episode 1, You Have to Go Inside. Enjoy. All right, that's all I got. Uh, on behalf of Karen, Evan, and myself, thanks for listening to our episode, and we'll see you next time on this week's episode. Pachitis! <laughs> and this concludes our broadcast day.